what's cooking up in the kitchen? Am I smelling that soul food? Oh yes, it is soul food. The spiritual food for your spiritual nourishment. And you know what? This food will never expire. Never expire? I need this food every day. You are listening to these spiritual-based podcasts. There are many podcasts, but this one here is to satisfy your soul, to feed your spiritual hunger. Are you hungry for God? Don't let your soul be hungry. No matter where you are, whatever you are doing now, at work, home, or on the go, you can still listen here and right now the uh, Soul Food Podcast. Don't let ever your soul to go hungry. It's time for some Soul Food. The book of John talks about a man called Nathaniel. This man was sitting under a tree. Maybe he was saying to himself, God, do you see me? Well, later, when Jesus met him, he answered him, I saw you. When you set your eyes on earth, do you look at me? When you look inside of me, Lord, what do you see? Do you see someone who's faithful? Do you see one who's dismayed? Do you see all my potential? Or do I look afraid? Cause you don't see as man sees You don't speak as man speaks Your word is the truth And I want to be in you God, do you see? Joy and pain 
With Bishop Barra Fonseca. Hello, hi there. Together once again with our message of faith. And this is our message of faith. You can. You can overcome your battles. You can overcome your problems. You can succeed. In today's message, I'm going to teach you how to overcome doubt. However, right now, I want you to prepare a glass of water. Just, I have mine here. You over there, seeing us through the computer or your smartphone, your tablet. I want you to prepare a glass of water because I will be praying for you in a few minutes. Well, the Lord Jesus was walking upon the water, and his disciples, the ones that saw miracles, heard of him. When they saw Jesus walking upon the water, they told each other, it is a ghost. They did not believe that was Jesus walking upon the water. Jesus sent them by the boat, and told them, I'll meet you there. Go ahead. And they went away. When Jesus came to meet them walking upon the water, they said, it is a ghost. They were terrified. Many of you go to church or to church. You read the Bible. You say you believe in God. But when you face problems, you forget about what you have seen and what you have heard from Jesus. Miracles that you have seen. Words of faith that you have heard from him, you have read from the Bible, but when you face the trials, the tribulation, you do not believe. That's why many people think, because Peter uh, walked upon the water, Jesus told him to walk, he was walking upon the water, but he doubted. And when he doubted the power of Jesus, Peter sank. And many people are sinking. Because when you doubt, you go down. When you believe, faith brings you up. Step by step, little by little, but faith brings you up. Maybe you are so doubtful, you are afraid of something, you are terrified, you are expecting the medical exams, results. You have taken some tests, exams, and you are so afraid of the result. I tell you, I ask you, why do you doubt? Jesus, after Peter had sank, he took him by the hand and asked him a question. Why did you doubt? You of little faith. Little faith. 
What's a little faith? It doesn't mean a small, it's not talking about a small or a big faith. Because faith you have, you need to use it. But when Jesus said little faith, means a faith mixed with doubt. Faith mixed with doubt makes your faith weak, little. And Jesus helped him and took him out of that situation, of that water. He was about to die. And maybe you are about to be evicted. You are about to lose your house. You are about to lose your job. Your husband already filed for divorce. He has walked away for another woman, for an affair. You are afraid of losing your son. The way he's heading, doing drugs, being in and out of jail, you are so afraid. My message of faith for you is that do not fear, just believe, and you are going to see Jesus. He was walking toward Jesus, but he saw the waves touching his legs, and he thought, I am but a human being, and then he sank. You are a human being, but he is the holy being. He is Jesus. He is not a ghost. Right now, I want to pray with you. I want you to get a glass of water, and I want to pray. No matter who you are, perhaps watch me from prison, from hospital in your house. You are a believer or an unbeliever. It doesn't matter. Let us now join our faith together. Get your glass of water. Let us now Pray to God. When no one else gives you the light of day or even to hear your voice becomes a burden, prayer is the way to get the hope and strength you need to overcome your troubles. Please close your eyes. It's time for prayer. My Lord and my Father, I have no doubt that you are listening to my prayer because I pray in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. And whatever we bind here on earth will be bound in heaven. It will be done in heaven. And here on earth, wherever this person may be, we agree that from now on, she will believe. He will believe in spite of the circumstances, in spite of what he sees, he feels, or the circumstances around him. Oh Lord, my God, my Father, my Savior, I know that you can hear us. You are not deaf. You are not sleeping. You are not tired. You are available right now. Yes, help is at hand. The same hands that were nailed on the cross are available to touch, so touch this person that is sick in the hospital, this person that is now feeling pain, horrible pain, and was there flipping from channel to channel, and stopped here in this prayer, oh Holy Spirit, help this person to leave this situation, to leave this hospital, to be free, to be healed, you are the healer. Oh Lord, what about this person in jail, in prison, perhaps waiting for the past year, two years, for the trial, for the 
for the court date. Nothing happens, my lord. She's just seated on the cell, waiting and waiting, and nothing happened. Oh, Lord, bring justice. Bring justice, especially upon those that were arrested and sentenced for something he has not done. Bring justice to this person. Oh, Lord, bring back the husband that left, the son that is missing, the daughter that is on drugs. Set this person free. My Lord, wherever this prayer is being heard right now, let solution be there. Consecrate this glass of water, and when we drink, we want to drink drops of power. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us drink this water with faith. Breathe in and out. Amen. Praise God. Believe that God heard our prayer and He's going to work in your life. If you say, I can't take it anymore. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for tomorrow. You, I, I need the help today. This is my email address. BBF at universal.org bbf at universal.org if you are watching us here in this country or even in another country you can dial this number plus this is my number 1 through this number or via email, you can contact us. We are going to give you the address of our church. And for sure, the God of the Bible will bless you. Say to yourself and all those around you, I can. Because this was our message. Today, you can. May the Lord Jesus Christ bless all of you. See you soon. Join us next time. Stay connected and see how you can. You are now listening to Soul Food Podcast with Bishop Joshua. We'll be right back. Oh, it hurts the most Cause I don't know the cause Maybe I shouldn't have cried When you left and told me not to wait I feel like no one loves me I always feel like my voice isn't heard. I feel like I'm drowning and no one can help me. Is life worth living? But now, if you suffer from paranormal activities, you are not going crazy. No, you are not going crazy. Something is going on. You are in a spiritual warfare. You are under spiritual attacks. If you need help, we are here for you. You can call us. You can count on us. The helpline is available. You are not going to leave a message. We have men, women of God to take your call. Give us a call today at 1-888-332-4141. 
Our helpline is available 24 hours a day for you to receive one-on-one counseling and prayer. Why would I go home? My home was never a home. I'm tired of being bashed to the floor with no shoulder to cry on. All they ever did was abuse me. The lashes wounded me. And man, my biggest fear was me losing me. I was hurt so much, my mom would pop pills and beat me to my heart bust. Do you know how that feel? Have you been through that as well? My soul has been in conflict. My mind afflicted. <laughs> Crazy is nobody outside could never see this difference. Man, I'm tired of this. Make me believe that there's better. I wish that this was just a dream, man. I didn't ask for this. Why me? Why me? Why me? Am I the only one who feel this way? Everything else for me is going blank. Man, I wish that there was some better days. Can someone show me that there's a better way? Thank you for listening here on Soul Food Podcast. Stay tuned to listen to a real life story. Make sure you don't miss it and share with your friends and family. I wasn't raised in the church. I wasn't talked about love or God. I never had kisses. I never had hugs. I'll get beat so hard. I will take. They'll be taken to Mexico because there's bruises, uh, bad bruises, and I will stay in Mexico. That's what my mom would tell you know my sisters you know from my, my mom's side and in the school that I was over there for vacation because blah blah blah. Little did they know I was all bruised up. I came back to United States to be silent. Mexican traditional family, no. You keep your mouth shut. You don't say nothing. This is family. Everyone has issues. You go to school. You come back home. You do your chores. You do your homework. You mop. You sweep. You do your bed. You do my bed. You massage my feet when my feet and my legs hurt. You do what you're told. Or you're a bad kid. And bad kids go to hell. So I knew about hell. But not heaven. Not God. Now, Paul, talk to me about uh, when Jesus came and met you and when you started to get mm. to know who he was and yeah. how he took you out of all of these gods you know my mom reached out to a church of a youth pastor and he would go to my house and pick me up i'll be drunk i'll be high and he'll take me never once did he accuse me or or condemn me he just took me as i was and that's when i started hearing about jesus you know 15 ish right 16 ish I told them that I was pushing a lot of things that I shouldn't have, enslaving people to addiction and a lot of gang-affiliated crime and and things, you know, as a, as a kid, you know, that, that, that I don't want to be a part of. And he said, well, we're going to pray. I'll pick you up. And I started to disappear from the church, not going to youth groups. And he found out, I don't know, if, he must have been a super investigator or something. Because one day he showed up at the OG's house at, at the in the hood, you know, at my dad's house asking for me and then the homies all the thugs will come up and be like what do you want you know he's with us homie and and things like that and 
and they'll be like, hey, this guy's asking for you. And he'll be like, hey, God bless you. I'm just here to take him to church. You don't want to go to church, homie. You want to die? It's okay. He comes for me. And I would, even though I was really rebellious and stuck in the criminal life, I was obedient and submissive to my elders, right? And uh, that's one thing my mom taught me, you know, you respect your elders. It's okay. He's here for me. My mom sent him or something. And I would go and get in the car. He'd be like, what are you thinking hanging out with those guys? You know what you're doing is wrong. Yeah, well, at least I have family. That's my dad. Those are my brothers. No, they're not. And just telling me things, right? The whole way to church would be like, look, I just love you. And I want you to live to have kids and be married and be a man of God. And like, whatever, let's go to church. You wanted me to come, didn't you? I'll go. I got my fair share of warnings through God's messenger, right? This youth pastor. And we would have barbecues at his house, you know, youth little sessions at his house. And I just didn't want nothing to do with it because God wants to see me suffer because I'm weak. He doesn't help me as I was taught by the same worshipers, the satanic members, right? I just kept going with the gang life. At 16, I had my daughter. I had my daughter and having this girl, this little, my little princess, my oldest, right? Out of all my seven Parson kids, right? Looking at her, I remember, I saw the picture of the first time I held her and I looked at her. It just made me fall in love. And I said, I can't live this life no more. I remember that um, I looked at her and a lot of like the experience that the women in the hood, right, in the gang would, 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 would have with the men, I would think of my daughter, like 18, 20, 19 years old. And I would say, no, no, I do not want that to be my baby girl. And, and I didn't want nothing to do with that. So I told the OG, and I was like, I, I can't do this no more. You know, I appreciate you, familia. I love you, but I can't do this no more. He said, you know, carnal, that the only way to get out of here is a casket. When we beat you to a pulp, you were explained that. Your family now. You're going to quit on us? And I was like, no, I just, I want to have that eight to five you said that we don't have to do. I want to go eat like all these, all these people do outside, sit outside, drink coffee, whatever, you know, like you don't even like coffee, homie. And I was like, I know, but look at them. They're not looking over their shoulders. They, 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 they ain't carrying a strap trying to, trying to see who, who's going to shoot them. So they got to shoot back. They're smiling. People look at them and they wave. I told them, people look at me, Papa, and they're disgusted. Like if I'm some piece of trash little thug, and I am, I told them, I'm a piece of trash. I want to be the dad that this girl needs because I never had a dad. Well, what am I? And it was just an argument, right? And I was like, look, please, I just want to go. I want to work. He said, no. So I just kind of shut my mouth and argue much with them. Okay. My daughter wasn't with me at that time. Te veo mañana. Te veo mañana. I'll see you tomorrow. And I went and gave all the homies a hug. That was my mistake. I love you. And, and as I walked out the door, he was looking at me, right? I didn't leave so nonchalant. It was pretty much a goodbye, but I was young and dumb. And he was like, hey, no te acuerdas quien te dio de comer? No se te olvide. He was like, don't you remember who gave you something to eat? Don't forget it. This is familia. And I was like, no, papa, si me acuerdo. And I'm very grateful. I wish I could pay you really like everything back. You still can. You got debt. And that's when I found out that that was in love. He was raising a soldier. I left. I got into my 88 Cutlass Oldsmobile Sierra, right? And they came out. They got in their car. Oh, they're probably going to go to the store. 
I drove out of the hood. They come after, you know, drive behind me. And I, we're all going the same way to get to the freeway. But I made a left turn in another area that goes by a school, right? It goes all the way around the school and then I have to come back this way just to see. There they go. And I knew what was going to happen. I stepped on the gas and I was panicking. I knew there was two lieutenants coming after me, which is what we call the enforcers. I had a similar role. I was like a jack of all trades, right? Because I was a young one, so they utilized me for a lot because no one would suspect. And the enforcers, you see one of them. They're either going to collect, they're going to kill you, or they're going to beat you to a pulp with the warning. I knew I was going to die. So I hit it, and I was just panicking, you know, and, and, and I drove neighborhood in the neighborhood street after street trying to lose them, and I hit a cul-de-sac, <clears throat> you know, a dead end. They kind of come, I was like coming, turning to turn, and they come, I jump out of the car. When I jump out of the car, I start running. They start running, and they, they, they pretty much, they flank me. And I was like, look, I just want to live. I just want to be a dad. I just want to love my daughter. I just, I want to, I want to give what I never had to my child. Sorry, carnal, pero we got to do what we got to do, homie. We need every single soldier. We're family. We don't leave each other for dead. I took a beating. One of them took out a knife. I got stabbed here in between the ribs. Glory to God, my lungs, nothing in touch. It was, it was a stiletto, right? You've seen the stilettos, right? And he just, come on, let's go, do it. You know, too many people here. And he just took one shank, boom, and I felt like any other person that gets stabbed, if it was a sharp pain, I couldn't breathe, I felt like I was paralyzed, um, every single movement hurt, and the cartilage in between the ribs, I believe, and the, and the meat, it lodged in between them, in between there, and in that area, you know, when we carried knives, we carried knives that either had like, you know, the holes in the center, or the grooves, so it can just be like butter, in and out, but the stilettos are not like that. So he got stuck in there. He was like, let's go. And I remember I was screaming, fighting, trying to, you know, but I could barely move and it was excruciating. And it came to a point where he just put his foot on my rib and yanked it out, ran, jumped in the, in the car, took off and I was laying there. I was trying to get up and I couldn't. I would hear like doors closing and opening, but yet no one ran to me. They were afraid. I laid there and I was bleeding. I was bleeding out. And it's real talk how people say when you die, it's like a, a black dark hole and then life and that's it. Like the Looney Tunes, remember back in the old days, the hole, you know, all dark. That's exactly how it went down. And I remember laying there and I was like, just laying there trying to get up and I couldn't. I felt like I was gonna pass out, like the life was being sucked out of my body. And, and I was already laying there looking at, you know, to the sky and to the heavens. And I was like, God, if you really are good, if you really care about me, if you love me, please save my life. I want to be the father my daughter never had. And if you do this, I will live for you. I woke up in the ED, right, in the hospital, and they go and they run, they, you know, they knock on the doctor's office door, and, you know, he's awake, and he comes back, and the doctor's, like, running, and he goes, Paul. He goes, yes. And he goes, we don't understand how you just woke up. You lost so much blood that you should not be breathing right now. You should be dead. When you came here, you lost so much blood that your heart should not been able to function. Your brain, you should have been, you should have been a vegetable. Long story short, glory to God, I, I, I left the, the hospital and I started living for God. I started hearing about Jesus. And then later on, I got a good job at a store before it was cricket. It was called Jabber Jab Mobile, right? I started selling phones, and that's when I started to have structure 
And I would miss church. I would not go for a little bit. You know, I'll just be the, the typical bench warmer, right? I'll go and sit down and listen, the spectator. Go when things go wrong. Do what I want to do and just repent Sunday because God's a God of love, not knowing that we cannot mock God in the lifestyle. And my daughter starting to like learn and listen and talk. And I was proud of myself. And I remember uh, that I went to the Tucson Mall to this store called Hollister. I used to shave my head bald plain white tee, whatever, pro club with my Dickies and my Cortez, right? That was my, my, my style, I just shaved my head and I walked in there and I told this girl that was walking around, you know, I wanna look like that homie right there. She look at that and she look at me and she look at the, you know, the preppy boy up there and then she look at me, like him, I'm like, yeah, okay. And I was like the Ken to the Barbie. She'll have outfits for me and take me to the dressing room and man, I never had a tighter wedgie than those times and and, and I was like, is this normal, right? And, and she's like, yeah, this is how they dress. And I was like, am I going to get a discount? Why? Because these pants are ripped, bro. And they're like, no, that's the style. And, and I remember that I walked out and how, you know, with my daughter. And I remember this man with his family walking by and he smiled at me. This is what I asked for. And things started coming into place. Things started happening. And the Lord started to reveal his way and his love and his mercy. And right? Because the first thing when I started knowing about God is remembering that I'm so unworthy to even sit in this church. So God taught me self-worth and respect. And, and that's literally the deal I made with God. And I'm so happy that God's a man of his word. He's, he's a man's man. He's a man of his word. And now I'm here. What happened with the gang, right? Because uh, you're in this situation where, I mean, the way that you leave is in a casket and they tried to kill you, but you lived. What happened with them? So in the 2000s in this gang war, murder, bodies found down South Six, it was all over the news. And there was a war between the Bloods and the Cribs. So the OG died, he was murdered. The whole honor system of we're gonna scrap this in the park. You know, we're gonna, if you die, you die. If you get injured, you're injured. If we win, we win. It was done. It was nothing but, instead of walking the streets with chains, baseball bats, and brass knuckles, it was just a 45, a Glock. A gun started coming into play so much. The lieutenants, most of the gang died. That was my ticket out. Cause I was in the run after, you know, I got to the hospital, they knew I didn't die. And cause someone had seen me. And then the, the rival gang members had seen me. And, but they were too busy trying not to die themselves, protecting the families. I don't know what happened with any of the family or anything like that. The lieutenants died. There's a couple in prison for life, I believe, but I bumped into one at the swap meet, which is an outdoors. People sell their belongings that they don't want in a tent. And you just walk outdoors back and forth. And we looked at each other and I came up to him. He goes, look at, look at, I'm done. I got kids, I'm done. And I was like, no, me too. And I was fresh into the Lord, you know what I mean? That's, I was like 20-something, and uh, like, like 21, 22. I got fully saved at 20, free indeed at 21, when I became obedient to the word in my lifestyle. And I was like, me too. He goes, you too? Yeah, I'm done. Like a breather. I got goosebumps just thinking about that moment. And I was like, me too. He goes, okay, what you been up to, carnal? And I was like, well, I'm a man of God now. I got saved by Jesus. Oh, Jesus, huh? Yeah, you should go to church. Uh, it's not my thing, but I'm a good person still. So, you know, I'll see you in heaven. And at that point, I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I believed it because I didn't know that it's not by our works, right? It's through our faith, right? Our commitment, our loyalty to God. I look at him and I go, give me your number. He goes, look at SA. I think it's better if we just 
go our separate way. Shook his hand, bah, bah, you know, right, SAA. And we went our separate ways and never seen him again. I don't even remember his name, to be truthfully honest with you. I don't know where he went. I don't remember his face. It was just a complete, like, complete erased moment of my youth with this man. He was more younger to the, to the, to the, to the gang than anything. I was able to get away because no one, I was a grunt. No one remembers you. No one knows your name. You're just, you're just a punk running around, whatever, the grunt work. So I didn't have to report to the lieutenants up in the other side or anything. I, that was my ticket when I heard they all died and things, I started coming out more, going to the swap meet more, going to the movies more, things like that. And didn't have to carry my Ruger, right? My 45 and all the time and things like that. I was more at peace. Cause he kind of told me, he was the one that told me what happened, that this dude died, that dude died. He's locked up for life for murder. And he's this and he's that. And, and that's what happened to the gang. Yeah, it wasn't bloods, it wasn't cribs. But I can reassure you just by looking at me right now, you can probably take a guess. Yeah. Now, Paul, how long have you been walking faithfully with Jesus now? When I made my deal with the Lord, you know, when I just had turned 19-ish, you know, after, you know, 18, right? Yeah, 18, 18-ish, you know, I'm 19-ish. I was just the same old man, a Christian that makes promises when he's scared. Forget about it later. When I was in 20, 21, 20, that's when I became free indeed. I would say, if I had to say faithfully as of now without stumbling, a couple years, yeah, years, years, years. But knowing God and living with God, give or take 13. Amen. Can you, just in a nutshell, you know, what has Jesus done in your life? You went through a lot. You know, you got involved in witchcraft, you know, almost unintentionally, you know, it was introduced to you. So a lot of uh, traumatic things in your life, a lot of things that would leave people either in jail um, or dead. Right. And um, um, you're able to be here alive, testify yeah. that Jesus saved you. But if you could kind of give us an insight into that as to what God has done in these last several years. I'm so grateful. I've done my time. You know, I have. I've been locked up correctional facilities for youth what has god not done in my life i'm alive you know by the word of my testimony I'm, I'm i'm letting people know that he can do the same to you if you're stuck in the hood thinking that a gasket's a casket's the only way out he has redeemed me not just inside and out but mentally had a lot of mental health issues you know the things that i was told the things that i went through he has truly set me free in a way where I know that when I'm at home in a dark room, sitting in the bed, feeling alone, that he's there with me. When I feel like my worth is small or nothing like I used to before that breakthrough, that he says, hey, you call yourself worthy, but I call you worthy because I die for you. The king that stepped out of eternity, not knowing any suffering, any hunger, any pain, come down and take it all from me. He's my all-consuming. He's my everything. I mean... He's not just the son of God. He's not just my father, my lover, my redeemer. He's not just the one that, that every time I'm weak, I latch onto because he gives me strength. Jesus is the father that I never had. He is the one that allows me to lead my family in a way that I wanted when I didn't know him. He's the one that saved my life. He's the one that has utilized me and, and, and my 11-year-old son going to a jewelry store to get my wife some ice, you know, and, and just to like pimp her out, just spoil my baby girl. Healed a man with a knee brace. He took it off. He could walk. 
his brother for for seven years i believe they said he had this disability in his back he hunched he couldn't stand up straight stood up straight in tears my 11 year old son joe joe parson he's the god that showed me that i'm worth more than what i made myself feel than anything and everything that i believed he allows me to love my wife like a real man loves a woman like the church willing to die for her willing to give everything for her he's the one who called me worthy in the moments that I felt that I was a piece of trash. And if I were to go back, I'm still a piece of trash without God. So who God is to me? God to me, he's a real G. He's a, he, he, he's a real gangster. It's my everything. Paul, can you just give a word of encouragement to those who are watching, who want to be fearless for God, who want to be soldiers uh, for Jesus, and maybe are having doubts or you know, feel worried or scared or whatever the situation may be, could you just give a word of encouragement to those who are watching? Yes, sir. May I read a scripture? We finished this interview and there's no scripture. It was for nothing. Let's go to uh, chapter 4 in the book of Ephesians, verse 22. It says, To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and it's corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeliness of God in true righteousness and holiness. My encouragement to you would be to awake, O sleeper. And this goes all the way to verse chapter 5 of Ephesians 14. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead and Christ will shine in you. My friend, if you're out there and you're stuck in the thug life, if you've been deceived, deceived your whole life or recently that you're worth nothing, that you're not able to live a normal life, to bless others, to provide for your families, to get rid of this depression that's drowning you in suicidal thoughts. When people look at you like you're some good for nothing thug, when you feel like you cannot be the father, the husband that you would want to be, I encourage you to consider Jesus Christ, the man who is waiting for you so you can let him in in your heart and your mind to consume it all. My friend, don't waste and don't, don't wait until you lose your life to realize that this right here was a true living word of God. Don't wait until you're dying to seek God. Don't wait until you lose your family or lose it all. Addiction can't give you no peace. It gives you a high that will give you a low. Alcohol, it'll give you a buzz, but you'll crash. Hold on to Jesus. That gives you a high that you never come off of. Hold on to God. Seek God. Your family, your friends, you, you deserve better, my friend. I am a self-taught man, self-taught father, self-taught anything and everything you can think of in God's kingdom, of course, and through his likeliness. If you have somebody that wants to teach you, wants to love you, wants to help you, be humble and receive it. Thank you for listening in. That's all the soul food we have to share today. Stay tuned to the next episode on soul food and keep your notifications on. Share each episode with your friends and family to feed their souls. Give the food that lasts forever. Mm-hmm.